just dead, just dead silence as Travis, as Travis mulls over what I just said. And he decides, and he decides to turn, he decides to turn the other cheek. Hopefully. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the mo-host, Michael. (laughs) I forgot about that. Damn it. (laughs) I told you I was going to do it this week. I uh, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Okay. So for 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 anyone who's wondering what the inside joke is, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Uh, we I, we published our website for Kaiju Ramen uh, over the week, and when I wrote up the bio for my own show, when we were doing the when we were doing about our on the about page, I wrote co-host instead of co-host or no did i write or was it anyway i wrote co-host instead of co-host i can't remember where i put it um because i don't spell check as i'm going because yeah i just fly by the seat of my pants and i found it and instead of you know coming to michael and being like hey hey michael there's um there's a little spelling mistake here and uh, maybe we should fix that or, or mm-hmm. even just going in and fixing it myself because I do have that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I decided to share it on our Twitter <laughs> and broadcast well, it you to know, everyone. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. You, you like to put me on blast all <laughs> the dang time whenever you have the ability, but it's okay. So that is one milestone we hit this week. Um, so how's your week been? It's been, it's been pretty good it's been pretty good i mean we like you said we've got uh the website launched for kaiju ramen we've got the uh kickstarter up and going and in fact at the time of recording it hasn't launched yet but by the time this episode comes out uh the kickstarter will have launched so if anyone is listening and you have not supported the kickstarter for our fan magazine kaiju ramen go check it out because uh we uh we definitely need some support we want this i've put a lot of work into this magazine so i want it to succeed a lot of blood sweat and literal tears have went into this and have went into this magazine uh actually there's at the time of this recording you're right we should be launched our we should have launched our kickstarter by then and also I actually need to finish editing the video that I promised I would do for it. So that's on my list to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's recorded or it's scripted. I just have to finish it. Ah, okay. We've got some news we need to cover. We've got some big news that uh, came out over the week. So let's go ahead and jump into the news for this week. All right. Cue the beady beady. All right. So. Of course, we have the biggest news, and if you're in the world of of kaiju and you're in the sphere of kaiju information, you may have already heard about this news because it was everywhere, but we did get our first look at Clifford the Big Red Dog uh, (laughs) over... (sighs) 
I had to throw this in there because I knew I knew it was going to irritate you and I wanted to do it. <laughs> Let's have a discussion now. Go ahead. Let's have the discussion now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Is Clifford a kaiju? No. <laughs> no. Clifford is not a kaiju. He is not a kaiju. He is just a big dog. He is not a kaiju. Now, Digby, the biggest dog in the world who fights the military, I will say that, and who is over, I think, 50 meters tall, you could argue that that is a kaiju. I will give you that. But Clifford, who is probably no bigger than, well, I mean, there are are pretty big dogs in the world. Let me just say this. Uh, There are no dogs out there that I know of that are as big as Clifford, but Clifford is just an oversized dog. It is not a kaiju. Now, look. Okay, this is what I put on Twitter. He is giant. Uh, He is magical. And he is stained with the blood of his enemies. So he counts as kaiju. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, God. No, no, no. no. Uh, No. Well, Mm -mm. people voted on... uh, Because Kaiju News Outlet had a poll on their Twitter a while back and people voted and majority of people voted for Clifford to be counted as Kaiju. So he, the guy who runs uh, the Kaiju news outlet, he reports news on Clifford and stuff. So, you know, that's uh, Jake. What are you doing, man? Jake, come on. (laughs) I know you listen to this show. What are you doing? He's just, he's giving the people what they want, which is what we're doing. No, 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 no. No, people, no, people, no. Clifford is not a kaiju. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm okay. So I'm going to go full gatekeeper here and say Clifford is not a kaiju. If, look, if, if Baragon from the movie that we're reviewing this week counts us as kaiju, Clifford should count as kaiju. No, 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 sir. No. Like, I mean, because, okay, then what's the difference between, what is the difference between Clifford and, like, Gorosaurus, which is just a dinosaur? Like, there's nothing special about Gorosaurus other than he's a dinosaur. Clifford's just a dog. Right, and a dinosaur is close. No, Clifford is just, that is right, Clifford is just a dog. But he's a giant dog. No, it still doesn't count, man. It still doesn't count. He's a giant dog. There are plenty. No, there are plenty of kaiju out there that resemble dinosaurs. There are no kaiju that resemble dogs. No, a a domesticated dog is not a kaiju. Look, if King Kong counts as a kaiju and all he is is a big ape, then Clifford should count. Mighty Joe Young counts as a as a kaiju, and he's not even that big. He's just a slightly bigger gorilla. This is I okay. So no, no. Uh, to be consistent, to be perfectly consistent, I would not count Mighty Joe Young as a kaiju either. Kong, yes, but not Mighty Joe Young. To be perfectly consistent with my with my with my stance on it, no. Mighty Joe Young is not a kaiju. Right. Neither is Clifford. All right. All right. Well, well, when Clifford. I can feel my blood pressure going up a little bit, so we may need to move on. <laughs> well, that's fine. Um, but w- 
we're still going to cover the news because uh, it's it, Kai, Kaiju News Outlet is sharing it, so I wanted to share it. Uh, we got our first look at the right. Clifford the Big Red Dog film that's supposed to be coming out. Jake, soon. I forgive you. <laughs> and uh, and we'll let the we'll let people we'll let the audience we'll let listeners decide is Clifford Kaiju. Should we talk about Clifford in future episodes? Or not. <laughs> you know what they're going to say. You know what they're going to say. They're going to say yes just to get under my skin. Uh-huh. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we covered, we have covered giant tomatoes on this show. Come on. You have covered giant tomatoes. <laughs> I was busy that day. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So the real big news that happened this week, uh, or at least that that's unfolding right now, is um, according to The Hollywood Reporter, they have said that Godzilla vs. Kong appears to be heading to a streaming platform. And there's a report that mentions that Netflix has offered $200 million for the rights to the film but warner media has actually uh blocked this deal according to the hollywood reporter um because warner has distribution rights for godzilla versus kong all the legendary um monster films mm-hmm. and they are trying to offer do a counter offer for it to be released on hbo max so we have been talking a lot about over the you know for the past year or so um about Godzilla versus Kong and whether it was going mm. to be released because of COVID. And if it got released, would they release it directly to um, a streaming service or some kind of like little way that they did with Mulan or other uh, movies? This, what appears to be happening is the same thing that they're doing with Wonder Woman 84, where they are going to release it in select cinemas so people can go to these cinemas if they want to or you can watch it on HBO Max if you want to just watch it at home if that's the case mm-hmm. then i think for me it seems like it's the best of both worlds or at least the best of a bad situation where it's like you can go to the movies if you want to if you want to take the risk if you're willing to take the risk or if you not if you don't want to take the risk but you still want to see it it'll be available for you to see at home so what is your opinion on this uh, you know it's unfortunate that this is our new reality that it's got to do this it's got to be this way but i think a lot of us in the fandom were kind of mentally preparing ourselves um for this to happen anyway, because it just seems to be the trend. Like you, you mentioned uh, wonder woman 84 is the example where they do a dual release. They're going to do an in theater release and a home uh, home streaming release. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's probably the, it's probably, it's probably the best, the best possible scenario that we're going to get, honestly, because I, okay. And not the, not that I don't love this franchise, and I please don't think that I'm just this big doubt. I'm this big Debbie Downer, but I don't have faith enough that people are going to be willing to brave COVID to go watch Godzilla versus Kong. Right. And if it were Marvel or a Disney movie, maybe, but, but we've seen that people aren't really even brave enough to go see those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been going the way of streaming and dual releases as well. So I think, you know, 
for all intents and purposes, for the purposes of trying to keep the the monster verse alive and well, which I totally disagree with a with a uh, a pretty prominent uh, Twitter user uh, when he said that if it goes to streaming, the monster verse is dead. I one hundred percent disagree with that, but. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I um, as far as that's concerned, I think if the monster verse is dead, it's dead for other reasons because they they intend this yeah. to be the last one, not because of this going to streaming service. It's because of COVID, right. they can't film anymore or whatever. Like, there's other things, other factors than just this. It's like saying that Marvel is dead because they can't release uh, Black Widow in theaters it's like no that doesn't that's not enough yeah, to I fill mean, the entire franchise it has to be more to it it's irritating and it's inconvenient but for the sake of people's safety i get it um and I, like i said like we said it, it's probably the best of both worlds anyway um if they would have taken the 200 mil i think it was like 200 yeah 200 million mm-hmm. for the netflix deal that would have what that would have been what um and that what uh, Godzilla 2014 made uh, overall was 200 million. Um, I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. I have to go check my numbers on that. But uh, because it it grossed pretty high. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I I don't want it. I don't really want them to do it because I want the full theater experience. But it sounds like we're going to get both because I honestly and this is just me. I'm not. I'm not telling people what to do. This is just my personal feelings about it. I'm going to go to the theaters no matter what. I'm going to go to the, if my theater is showing it here here local. I'm going to go watch it no matter what. I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, dress, put my mask on, whatever I have to do. I'm going to go watch it, and then I'll probably go rent it or buy it on streaming as well. So that's just me. Um, but. You know, I can see where it's a good thing. I mean, it's probably a good thing overall. I'm I'm trying not to be too negative about it. It's disappointing, but I get it. And it's, you know, it probably is for the best anyway at this point. Yeah. Well, that's what, like we said, it's the, it's the best. It seems like it's the best of a bad situation. Like this is not is. Yeah. the studios. It's not the studio's fault that COVID happened. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, uh, uh, legendary. It's not warner brothers it's not their fault that covid happened uh and so they're just trying to make the best of it and still make their money and still release things and still still try to operate and do business in this landscape that is constantly changing and you never know what's going to happen next so i yeah i don't and i think it's a there's a there's a broader conversation that probably needs to be had here that we do not have time for, uh, whether or not theaters are going to die off in five to 10 years. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I really hope that they don't. I honestly love the theater. I love the movie going experience. Oh, I do too. You sit in a, in a theater on opening night for a super popular movie surrounded by everybody. And it's just a good time. You eat your, you eat greasy snacks and hopefully you have somebody with you that you enjoy watching the movie with. Um, you know, it's, I love the theater going experience and I just, I really hope that I really hope that even after COVID that, and things start to get a little bit, a little bit back to normal because there is going to be a time after COVID when things do go back to normal. 
um, that the theaters can stay alive after this. This is I'm more concerned, honestly, about the theater going experience in general than I am about Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I mean, it is it is um, something that. Yeah, it, it's a reality that that we may have to face that, that that it may we may not have movie theaters the way we do now. Um you know, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just a reality that we may have to face in the future. But that's again, that's a bigger conversation. And that's also one that we don't mm-hmm. there's really no answer to because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. There's not. Um, we can't yeah. say for sure one way or another because we don't know what's happening. And, and and along that same line, we don't know for sure what's happening with Godzilla versus Kong if it is going to be going to a streaming service or not, because this is just being reported by Hollywood Reporter. Now, Hollywood Reporter has been really good with their um, breaking stories in the past. Uh, they are they've been pretty reliable. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty reliable. They're not they're not, you know, they're not like um, we got this covered or something like that. Screen rant, screen rant or anything like that. <laughs> um, so so I trust this. Plus, this is not this isn't really news because we were kind of expecting this. It's just news that it's actually happening. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I'm, yeah, we still we still don't know for sure what's going to happen with Godzilla versus Kong. We just we just have to wait and see what's going to happen. But it, I, I'm with you. It, I I think this is the best of both worlds. I if it came to theaters, yeah. I would take all the precautions I could and maybe go to the theater if mm-hmm. it came to a theater close to me. If not, I definitely I mm-hmm. completely understand and completely. Uh, I'm I'm on the side of people who are like I don't want to take the risk and I want to stay home, but I still want to see it. It's like sure, that's more power to you. Definitely right. do that. Uh, so having it available on HBO Max, on Netflix, on any kind of streaming service would be good. So uh, we will keep you. Yeah, guys- I would be tempted. Go ahead. I would be tempted to just um, go ahead and pay and get the free trial of HBO max just so I can watch it and then cancel it. Like a, then cancel it like two days later after I watched the movie. So yeah, I already uh, but regardless, trial, so I'm, I gotta pay. <laughs> yeah. Regardless. Uh, I know that you and I will do some first impressions when it, fi- whether or not it comes to theaters or HBO or Netflix or, or even Hulu for the, at this point. Yeah. Um, we will, we will, we'll, we'll you know, do an episode on give it. our first impressions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, and we will keep you guys informed up until then, um, on what's happening as we hear about it. Um, but, uh, going along with Godzilla versus Kong, we did get news that Playmates Toys is going to release their second wave of Godzilla versus Kong. Cause we already had the first wave of Godzilla versus Kong figures, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to be released in spring of 2021. So yeah, uh, this might be the release that shows us what a certain mechanized Kaiju is going to look like. Yeah yeah um just in case uh just in case anybody still wants to not be spoiled on that um i don't want to be the ones to spoil that (laughs) um yeah and and this is also we didn't one thing we didn't mention when we were talking about the godzilla versus kong going to uh hbo max or whatever is does that mean they're going to keep the same release date in May? Because if the second wave of Godzilla vs. Kong figures is to be released in spring, that kind of lines up with it still coming out in May, which is its current release date. But mm-hmm. then with it going to right. streaming, possibly, and what's you know, what's happening with that, 
they may move it up they may move it back who knows but um it seems like playmates is still from what we understand the movie is done the movie is apparently done mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just said it's just sitting on someone's hard drive right now just waiting to be released yeah and uh it i mean it wouldn't surprise me that they did an early release on streaming and then said hey uh we're gonna keep the same release date release date in theaters but if you want to go ahead and watch this on hbo max um uh, go for it yeah. You know, and that way that would make kind of sense uh, to do it around the time toys and things get released, because that way people don't feel like they're being cheated and spoiled and everything else. But we'll see. I, I honestly it, there's we're in uncharted territory at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a next bit of news is coming from the Ultraman universe. So we have a new Ultra series that's titled Ultraman Chronicle Z Heroes Odyssey. Uh, It has been announced the new series will tell the story of the heroic odysseys of giants of light such as Tiga and Z or Zet uh, from a brand new perspective and will premiere on January 9th, 2021. So this this seems like they're doing kind of the same thing that they did with Orb where they they had the uh, Ultraman Orb series and then they did the um, Ultra orb odyssey or whatever they did with that one where they went back to Mm -hmm. like the origins of orb and juggler and told that story um because uh because orb was only a half a season and and zet is kind of z is kind of the same thing it's a half a season so they they're filling in with this other one that's going to tell kind of the the origins of z and -hmm. some of the other ultras and i think that would be interesting um seeing tiga again like actually like not just as a as a uh uh transformation absorbing or like somebody one of the other ultras using his powers but like actually seeing tiga as a character in one of these series would be good because tiga i don't think has been in a series in a while now he's been featured in movies and other things but um, honestly, I'm pretty excited about this because we should be at the tail end of wrapping up Z very shortly. I think they just, the latest episode, the latest episode on YouTube, I think is episode 22 or 21. I have to go back and look. I think it's 21. Um, 23, um, I think so, actually. Oh, geez. Am I that? Oh yeah, probably. Cause I skipped, uh, I did skip over, um, the recap episodes. Um, I did skip those. So, um, so yeah, you're probably right. So we're getting right at the end here. We, I think there's what two more episodes left or something like that. Yeah. yeah so uh, so this is exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more. Um, the the release date, the premiere date that they have is for Japan. We have not heard on whether it's going to be simulcast the way that Z has been simulcast. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, but it's still it's still nice that there's still more Ultraman stuff coming. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last bit of news is figure news. And do you want to take this one? Since this is more your area? Uh yeah, it's really quick. Yeah, it's it's really quick. Uh if you remember a few several episodes ago, we talked about Spiral Studios coming out with their King Ghidorah figure uh from the nineteen or the geez, from the 2019 film King of the Monsters. Well, 
thankfully, uh, we had seen this thing teased uh, a couple months ago with some product with some uh, um, 3D sculpted images of it. With it was when it was the episode Travis when we talked about the Godzilla with wings. Oh yeah. Um, so. This time around, I think it was last week, Spiral Studios showed off some product images of an upcoming for, uh, upcoming Godzilla 2019 burning Godzilla uh, that will be coming from Spiral Studios sometime in 2021. We don't have a pre-order date for this guy yet. Uh, we do have a little bit of sizing. He is going to be a big boy at 40 at 40 centimeters. So, and he will feature a pulsating light or pulsating glow effect that will emulate the, 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 the final, uh, finishing move of King of the Monsters at the end of the movie. So that'll be interesting. No, like I said, no pricing and avail- no pricing or availability on this guy. Um, but I'm going to probably, if I had to guess, this guy is going to start at around a, at least, a, at least a grand, mm-hmm. at least a thousand dollars. Uh, now the King Ghidorah was a big boy as well, but he started I think around seventeen hundred. So it wouldn't shock me if this if this Burning Godzilla didn't start at, a, at like a thousand or eleven or even eleven hundred bucks um, for the standard version. And if you want like the base and probably the glow effect and all the other stuff that comes with it, you're looking at I don't know probably fifteen hundred something like that dollars. So I'm sure as I, when we have pricing and availability, I'm sure we'll mention it. We may not spend a lot of time on it, but it's 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 pretty cool. Uh, as someone who likes that kind of stuff, I'm 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 interested. I doubt that I'll be able to get my hands on it because that's a little that's still a little bit out of my price range yeah. at this point. Uh, but I am intrigued. Nice, nice. I have nothing to say because it is definitely not my <laughs> world. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, so that's it for the news. Let's jump into our main topic for this week. So we asked the trivia all question right. last week that hinted to this week's episode, uh, which was, <clears throat> which Godzilla film was the first to feature a female suit actor as one of the kaiju? And we got a lot of answers, a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. We sure um, did. So we're going to try to get through these as quick as possible. Uh, Giant Monster BS uh, gave us the answer. Gamera Guardian of the Universe. Um, close. Uh, Gamera Guardian of the Universe, we've talked about before, had the first female suit actor to play a kaiju in any um, franchise. Uh, but we the, the question specifically mentioned Godzilla so that we could talk about godzilla uh a godzilla film so uh you're not wrong giant come on guys get it together but you're not you're not right either (laughs) Uh, they ain't something ain't right i know something ain't right about them that's for sure yeah yeah there's a lot of things not right about the giant monster bs guys Um, the, uh, then Nathan, our friend over at Monster Island Film Vault said the incredibly strange kaiju who stopped roaring and wrote an insanely long title. Thank you very much, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm guessing that's a play on, uh, Dr. Strangelove. (laughs) Uh, I think so. And then, uh, Kaiju Kim, uh, former, uh, uh, guest host of this podcast, uh, and YouTuber, Wrote in Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Baragon, Godzuki, and Minya, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, plus shipping and handling. Okay, you can keep Godzuki, you can keep Godzuki, but leave uh, 
leave in Minya and everything's fine. I, I don't need a god. We don't need any more Godzuki. You don't want to see Godzuki and Minya together in a movie? No. <laughs> They're mortal enemies. Bloodthirsty. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Jimmy from NASA gave us a short answer. He said, Kaiju Girls. <laughs> and then uh, sounds like a girl band yeah uh that it's a it's a thing it's an internet thing uh i i'll inform you i'll fill you in on it later <laughs> um I, I i probably don't want to know but okay all right that's fair <laughs> um elijah from the kaiju conversations podcast sent us in bride of godzilla now he also described this movie in another tweet and i did not put that in here because shame on you elijah Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shame on you. Shame on you, Elijah. Tisk, tisk. Damon Noyes sent us. His real answer is GMK. His joke answer is Gorgo or give me back my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Give me back my baby. Baby, baby. And then uh, Paul Williams uh, tweeted in, wasn't it that unreleased film Miss Godzilla that was trying to jump on the wave of success of Miss Pac-Man but got stuck in development hell? <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Miss Godzilla. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, and then Alex Sperling uh, sent in Godzilla Mothra Kong Ghidorah, which I, I think is a miss. I copied and pasted. So so this is this is him. Uh, this is his misspelling, not mine. But uh, Godzilla, Mothra, Kong, Ghidorah, giant monsters, all out attack, super hot, fun time. Yes, three dollars forty five cents a minute. Yes, <laughs> and he put in yes. <laughs> all I can get out of my head is just a three headed gorilla. Like, and how terrifying that! Just how terrifying that sounds. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, somebody's got to do some fan art of Kong Ghidorah. I want to see it. I want to see it. Share it on Twitter <laughs> at Kaiju. Well, Weekly. there is a, there is Kongzilla. There is a Kongzilla fan art there. Yeah. I've out, seen lingering that. out in the ether somewhere. I have seen that. I've seen people make figures of it too, like 3d printed figures of it too. So that's cool. But mm-hmm. I want to see Kong, Kong Ghidorah. Somebody, somebody do that fan art and send it to us at Kaiju weekly on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, and then we had Mega X Sonic 18 at Six Sides, uh, Gojira 54G, Walek Matson or Wallach Matson, uh, Justin Baker, Rex Zeno, Trace Justin Ziegler, Ziegler, and Trey the Gamera Man all sent in the correct answer of GMK. So thank you guys to everyone who sent in and played along with the trivia. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, but yeah, our main topic this week is Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack from 2001. Hashtag justice for Baragon. Bara who? <laughs> I know. It's so bad. It just got su- such such disrespect in this movie. I swear. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the cast and crew, uh, I'm not going to go through the entire cast because there's a lot. But um, it was directed by uh, Shusuke, uh, Shusuke Kaneko. And it stars Chiaru, is that, yeah, Chiaru Niyama and Ryo, close enough, Ryudo Uzaki. 
uh, Masahiro Kobayashi, Shiro Sano, and a bunch of other people that I'm I'm not going to go through them all. Um, but uh, sorry, no res- no disrespect to them. But there's just a lot of people that were listed. Um, but also, I do want to talk about those suit actors. Uh, we have uh, Mizuo Yoshida as Godzilla and Akira Ohashi as King Ghidorah and Rie Ota as Baragon, which is funny because every time I see it, I want to say uh, Rita Ora, <laughs> which is the, the pop star. <laughs> um, just so that, just so that people are clear, is this, this is the footage, this, uh, this is the production footage where you see her, you, you, they've not inject, they've not put in the sound effects yet. And it, yes. all you hear is, ah. okay, gotcha. She's so cute. I love it. I love her. I love her so much. Uh, she is the first woman to portray a kaiju in a Godzilla film. Um, only the second woman to p- to play a kaiju in uh, a kaiju film in general um, after uh, the woman who played Super Gauss in Gamera Guardian of the Universe. So the plot breakdown for this is really simple. We have three ancient guardian beasts, uh, which is Mothra, King Ghidorah, and Baragon, who is not mentioned in the uh, title, uh, they awaken to protect Japan against Godzilla. So, getting into our opening thoughts on this movie, what are your opening thoughts on GMK? I see exactly why this is people's favorite Godzilla movie. Because it is, it's a unique take on the character. It also honors the legacy of the character. Uh, there is a lot of callbacks to GMK or no, sorry. There's a lot of callbacks to 1954. There's, all, there's a lot of callbacks to and GMK can, too. I mean, you, 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 I, I know, can't be not know. denied. Um, that, that is true. You are correct. That is factually correct. Um, but yes, I really, really like this movie. And honestly, it was for the long, for the longest time, this was not one of my favorite millennium films, but after watching it a few times and really knowing the backstory and the history and really just kind of being immersed into this fandom as long as I have now, um, I really, really enjoy it. It's a fun time. Uh, the monster designs are good, except for King Ghidorah. I'm not a big fan of King yeah, Ghidorah's no, I wanna, design I wanna, in this, but that's the, there. I want to talk about that in detail, so so we'll get into that in our likes and dislikes. Okay. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But overall, overall, I, I really like this movie. I really, really like this movie. This is this is top 10 for me, honestly. Um, for me, my opening thoughts, uh, I was with you. Uh, this was this has never been one of my favorite of the millennium era. Um, watching this movie, though, I, I do enjoy it. it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a well-made movie. Um, I do have fun with it, and I do rank it higher than even Godzilla 1984, which I think a lot of people might skewer me for, but that's the way I, it no, is. I know res- I, I respect you. I'll respect you for that. I, I get why. I get why. Um, but I do have a few faults with it, and I think I'm again. I might alienate a bunch of of um, fans uh, because mm-hmm. I there's I know what people's opinions are on this film because we know we've seen it on on twitter this is one of the most talked about godzilla movies like uh, in the fandom like like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about godzilla movies this is definitely one of the ones that people talk about the most online so i've heard people's opinions about this movie and i have some 
opinions are a little not in line with what other people seem to have so about this movie but i do want to say i do enjoy it and it is it is definitely a very good movie so let's get into our likes and dislikes we're going to do our positivity sandwich so we're going to start with our positives then we're going to do some negatives then we're going to do some positives on the ending so what are some things that you like about this movie the uh the subtle and the subtle and not so subtle jabs at Godzilla 1998. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because in the first part of the movie in the first part of the movie they're in the news conference or they're in the I'm sorry, they're in the briefing room and they're talking about oh, you know, the, the Americans said that the that a Godzilla creature attacked uh, New York a few years ago and and one of the scientists and one of the one of the guys in the room speaks up and he's having a conversation with somebody else on the side they're like well are you know the americans think it's godzilla but we don't think so and then there's um then that's that's one little jab at at 1998 and then in the uh, when godzilla makes his uh debut his full his full reveal that scene on the pier Mm -hmm. where like you see the water coming towards the fisherman and then the and then this is the way I'm thinking the director uh, was thinking about in his head that now the real Godzilla shows up, and I took that as a kind of a little subtle jab at uh, the at the 1998 film. Um, so that's just a little that's 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 a little funny thing that I, I thought of when I was watching this movie. But I really really liked some of the cinematography in this film. I really think this is a well-made movie and I'm I'm I can see some of Kaneko's style being reflected in this movie. And if for anyone who's not familiar with Kaneko, he's the one um who directed the Gamera trilogy, the Heisei Gra- the Heisei Gamera trilogy that mm-hmm. is so revered within this fandom and and rightly so. Um he did such a wonderful job with that trilogy and then he wanted to try his hand at a Godzilla movie. Uh, for obvious reasons. And I think that he did a really good job. Um, now I have, I do take issues. We'll talk about it later, but with some of the creature design, but overall um, just the way this film, just the way this film is shot, the way like the cinematography, the, and just sort of the angles that they use to showcase uh, the monsters and, and whatnot. I think it's a really well done. I yeah. think it's really well done. Yeah. I completely agree with you on the cinematography. I think the cinematography is great. Um, I I'm going to chalk that up to, even though there, is, there is a cinematographer, of course, you know, who's that's, his, that's his job. I'm going to chalk it up to um, Kaneko uh, because a lot of the shots that you see in this are very reminiscent of what he did in the Gamera trilogy. You see a lot of the same kind of shots. You see a mm-hmm. lot of the same uh, low angles and a lot of the, the cities, uh, the shots of the cities and stuff are very similar. And I looked it up to make sure to see if he used the same cin- uh, cinematographer uh, and it's a different cinematographer. Uh, from the from the Gamera trilogy, so that tells mm-hmm. me that the cinematographer is not the one who made those decisions. It's Kaneko, because if you the the one you know linking thing between the those movies is Kaneko. So um, so yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think Kaneko like for, for good reason he gets a lot of praise um, because of course the Gamera trilogy right. is fantastic. It's some of the best kaiju material out there. And I think he has a good grasp on how to film giant monsters in general. And I would love to see more of what he can do uh, with other monsters because, uh, you know, we've seen Gamera, we've seen Godzilla. I want to see more. 
um, because he just he just knows how to make these monsters not only feel alive, feel gigantic, but also the way he does oh, yeah. uh, with the with the Gamera trilogy and this movie, you see the uh, the impact these monsters have on civilians and stuff like you see people getting injured or killed or stomped or crushed mm. and, and stuff. And so it's like, you know, these monsters like in the, in the older films and some, even the Heisei Godzilla films, it's always implied that people may be in those mm. buildings that are being crushed, but you're not seeing people. Uh, but in Kaneko's films and the Gamera trilogy and in this one, you see people, <laughs> you see people get crushed, mm. uh, which leads me to one of my things that I like. This Godzilla's a jerk. <laughs> like <laughs> I was, uh, I was talking with, I was talking with, uh, I think, I think it was Nathan the other night when I was watching this movie, and I was, we, I, he, he asked me what I was watching. I told him I was watching GMK, and how much I like this movie, and how much I like this Godzilla. I didn't used to like this Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Let's be fair. I really was not high. I really was not big on the crocodilian. Uh, zombie-eyed mm -hmm. Godzilla, but in the context of this film, it works brilliantly. And this and this Godzilla has a personality. Mm -hmm. It's a butthole personality to be PG, but yeah. or to be G. Um, but it is a personality. And you're right. Like some of the scenes, like this. Okay, so and this is going to sound really terrible. So I hope that it comes out the way I needed to come out. I. Do ha I do get a chuckle a little bit with like when 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 dark humor is injected into a movie, mm -hmm. right? Because you've got, um, um, you've got the guy taking a pee yeah. on the island, and then all of a sudden Godzilla's foot just stomps down, and then you've got the girl in the hospital bed thinking she's safe because she goes, <sighs> and then you see Godzilla's tail just whip yep. and hit the side of the building, and that to me is like it's it's a it's a it's a it's it's humor. Mm -hmm. It's sort of I don't know if it's meant to be humor, but it's sort of dark humor. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a word for it, but I I kind of enjoy it in this film. But no, I think dark um, humor. Dark humor is a good yeah description of it. Yeah. But I love a good. I love a good villain. I do. Mm -hmm. I I I love a good villain. I don't know what it is about. Like growing up, I never really identified. And maybe this says something about me personally. I don't know. If there's a psychologist listening, maybe you can tell me. Um, I always identified or at least enjoyed the villain characters more because I felt like they had more personality. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of times villains are more over the top. They're just. I don't know. I just, right. there's just something about a villain that that's very intriguing. Yeah. A lot of times heroes can be very generic. Right. And so for this Godzilla to be so brutally evil, mm -hmm. I kind of enjoy that about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about this one too, because uh, like, of course this isn't the hero Godzilla that we are used to up to this point. Like, uh, I, and, and obviously oh, I no. love hero Godzilla, love hero Godzilla. Uh, but seeing, this Godzilla, and like you said, this Godzilla has personality. This is a uh, this is something that last week I complained about with with Godzilla eighty four eighty five. Um, that that Godzilla didn't seem to have a lot of personality. This one definitely mm. has personality, and like you said, he is a villain. He is evil. He is bad, and he is kind of enjoying being bad. <laughs> and in that way, it's kind of oh, fun yeah. to watch. 
Um, yeah, I mean, let's okay. So here's one. Now, this is not dark humor. This is not supposed to be humorous at all. So please do not think that I'm taking it as humorous. But there's one scene in, when uh, Godzilla is is he's he's walking through Shinjuku. I think he's not made it to Tokyo yet. Um, and he meets a crowd of people and he looks down at the people and he thinks it like he thinks about it for a second. Mm -hmm. Then he charges up his breath, but you don't actually see it this time. They save that moment for later. And I, th and I'm glad they did. Oh yeah. Um, but, but then you're taken to a school like later, like far, far away. And then all of a sudden you, you feel the shockwave hit the school and the kids are and the kids and the teacher are like, Oh my God, what's going on? And the teacher looks up and she sees the mushroom crowd rising. And all she thinks is a bomb. Yeah. And that, that is very random. That is very reminiscent to, that is a, that is very much a reference to uh, wartime when people in schools and things had to be prepared for moments like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, it's a, it's an interesting moment. It's a way to sort of make references to Japan's history. And I think it's well done and you, and you legitimately feel sorry for those people Yeah, and it, and uh, it takes, because this Godzilla is so evil. Yeah. And it takes Godzilla back to the, um, the, to where he was in 54 where, you know, he, he was this, uh, this walking, living, breathing nuclear disaster. And, uh, and so I think that, that, right. uh, that scene was absolutely one of my favorite scenes. If, if we were talking about standout yeah. scenes, um, that one is my favorite because the, the decision to not show Godzilla's atomic breath in that moment was genius. And, and you don't feel mm -hmm. cheated by it because a you, we we as Godzilla fans, if you're familiar with Godzilla, you know what the atomic breath looks like, so you're not cheated by not seeing it in that moment. But instead, you're taken away from it and seeing it from a distance and seeing the after effects of it and, mm -hmm. and people's reactions to it. And it's just like it's so brilliant. Yeah. It's such a brilliant mm -hmm. uh, uh, idea to do. Um, one thing I really liked uh, about, I, and, and I, uh, while we're still talking about Godzilla, I do like this design. Uh, I was with you uh, early on. I wasn't a fan of it when, like, when I was younger, uh, when this movie came out and I first saw it. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but uh, I kind of like it. Uh, and even like the white eyes, I've got, I've gotten used to the idea of him not having pupils and I, I kind of like it. And I, I, I call it the duck bill goji because he does kind of look like he has a duck yeah. bill. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it sort of, it, it, it does lend credence to the sort of the concept of these, um, uh, these, these lost souls of Japan, these lost souls that fought in the worlds in the world, in the wars past. There we go. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's an, it's interesting. And, to kind of expand on the Godzilla design just for a second. And originally, if you notice in the movie, this Godzilla is a little bit more hunched over, which I know some people like, some people don't like. Uh, but in the original concept, he was supposed to be sort of hunched over similar to what we see in like the T-Rex from uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, suit, but limitations in technology and sort of the, and the suit would not allow that. So they had to make do. So that's why you see sort of a, a more curvature in the legs and this more hunched over look in the shoulders, sort of to try to resemble that more, um, uh, that more dinosaur look to him, yeah. which I really, really like. And, you know, 
I'm like you. I, I didn't. I did not used to like this Godzilla design, but it has definitely grown over, grown on me over the years, and I'm glad it's here. Like it, it is. It is probably one of the most unique Godzilla designs, aside, aside from maybe not, uh, uh, Miragoji or uh, some of the or some of the early, some of the other um, Showa designs out there like it's it, this one definitely stands out oh yeah in the crowd yeah among all the i mean you like if you're a person who's not familiar with like all the details in the suits so you can't you don't really know the difference between like the uh the king kong uh versus godzilla suit and the uh godzilla mothra versus godzilla suit uh this one if you line them all up you could still pick this one out because again this one is like straight up villainous it looks evil it looks uh terrifying and it's like yeah okay so that one's you know this is the movie where godzilla's the villain and so we're picking that that's obviously the suit design for it <laughs> like it's so easy to point out which uh which godzilla design this is um now right. let's talk about the other monsters um let's start with mothra what do you think sure. of mothra in this movie yeah, she was okay. She was okay. Um, I liked like, okay, so I can see, and just, just for a second, I'm going to mention this. I can see where Michael Daugherty sort of took inspiration for what we saw in King of the Monsters from this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, because not only do we get a different, we get a slightly tweaked Mothra design. She's a little bit slimmer. Uh, her coloring and everything is still the same. Still, still, she is still, I, she's still undeniably Mothra, right. but her, but she's more, um, uh, wasp like yeah. in this one. Yeah. And she, and I like that about it. I really do. And, um, I'm going to get I'm going to kind of ignore some of the stiffness of this, of the, uh, of the marionette. Uh, because I feel like flying kaiju in these movies are just really difficult to pull off unless you've got some CG, which the CG in this film was not terrible. I will say that as far as Mothra goes. And um, I liked her new abilities. I really did that, that the, the little stingers that mm -hmm. she could shoot out of her abdomen. I like that. And like, and that's why I said that I, I can see maybe where Michael Daugherty, the director of uh, King of the Monsters took inspiration for, for his film from this movie from this movie yeah yeah for sure and and i'm with you i think mothra's mothra is pretty good in this um it's not my favorite mothra design because i'm more partial to the fluffy um the fluffy mothras but uh but no this is good this is it's a good design and i think she was well utilized in this um moving on to king Ghidorah, or Ghidorah. he starts off mm -hmm. as just Ghidorah, and then they call him king Ghidorah later um Yes. What did you think? I, I know you kind of hinted to it earlier, but what did you think of his design? Oh man. Um, again, this is another design that has had to grow on me over the years, but it is still not one of my favorites. Honestly, if I'm going to rank, if I'm going to rank my, uh, Ghidorah designs, this is going to be dead last. And, and probably first would be probably 91, uh, then 28 then 2019 and then or no 2019 then 91 then um showa and then this one um i don't know man it's just the hunched over like 
I don't know. I've, it's just, it's just, it's interesting that they made Ghidorah the protagonist. And I actually enjoy that part about the character. Mm -hmm. It's a different, it's a different take than what we've seen in, in the past. But as far as just strictly design goes, I don't know, man. I, I, I can, you can see where it was, you can definitely tell where the guy, where the suit actor's head and arms were in that suit. And I just did not care for it. And I know that the, the creature designer, uh, did some tweaks because originally, and we can get into this later if you want yeah, to, King Ghidorah was not supposed to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. King Ghidorah was not supposed to be in this movie. Uh, it was originally supposed to be uh, Godzilla, Baragon, Varan, and Anguirus. Mm-hmm. And so Toho came in and said, no, we don't want Varan and Anguirus. We want Mothra and Ghidorah because those are the money makers. Mm-hmm. So the creature designer for this movie took some of the characteristics of Varan, mm-hmm. uh, not Rodan, Eric from monsters versus men, Varan. Yeah. Um, uh, and, in and, and use them in Ghidorah. And you can, it's, it's most obvious sort of in the, uh, in the, in the side of the head, like the beard, like the bearded parts mm-hmm. of Ghidorah's head. in this one are very reminiscent to what Varan looks like. Yeah. Um, well, and especially it's the, it's the design of Varan that they were planning on using in the movie mm-hmm. that they end up scrapping yeah. because he had already worked out and actually designed Varan and Giras, all of them. And so uh, he took those designs and imply or input, put them into, um, into uh, King Ghidorah. Uh, so yeah, you can look mm-hmm. up uh, there's, there's pictures online for listeners of the maquettes, like little um, kind of uh, they're not, they're not full scale or, and they never, they never made it as far as making suits, but they do have little maquettes that they made little statues that show what Anguirus and Varan was supposed to look like in this movie. Mm -hmm. And you can really see the similarities between Varan and King Ghidorah in this. Yeah, there are, um, there are kits. I don't, they're very, they're sort of hard to get their hands on these days because they're, they're rare at this point, but there are actual kits of both the Varan and the Anguirus that were going to be made for this movie. So you can buy, or you, I think it's, I think they're resin. I'm pretty sure they're resin. Uh, you can find them, but they're very expensive at this point. And you do get, and if you, and if you find them online photos, you can get a very good look at what the, the designer was going for, for those two characters, which, you know, hardcore fan like casual fans would have been casual fans are probably like well that's fine Mothra and King Ghidorah yeah we get it it's it's great you know we love Mothra and King Ghidorah but hardcore fans like you and I and some and a lot of people in this community I really would have loved to have seen Anguirus and Varan honestly Mm -hmm. I I I'm just I just like that yeah yeah I mean I I totally understand the decision to put Mothra and King Ghidorah in because obviously that's your money makers like you said but yeah, I would have loved to have seen Anguirus and Varan in here because it just, yeah, as a longtime fan and someone who knows who those monsters are, it would have been amazing. I mean, look at look at how people have reacted in the fan community when they showed a clip from Singular Point, the new anime series, and that had Jet Jaguar in it or it had Gabara in it. It's like the the fan community goes nuts when you have these obscure lesser known ones have only made one appearance show up 
in in a Godzilla thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's so I definitely fans would have loved it, but yeah, I understand if they want this thing to make money, if they want it to succeed, and the movie that came out right before this one, the year before this one was was Megaguirus, Godzilla versus Megaguirus, and uh, that one did not do so well financially. So they were kind of no. wanting this one to make money. <laughs> so they were doing, yeah. they were doing. And speaking of, speaking of singular point, um, if you've, and this is ties into our discussion. So speaking of singular point, there is some, pro, there are some images that surfaced, I think last week of a, a bust of the new Godzilla's head. I don't know if it was fan made or official, but it looks official, but I don't know for sure, but there is a bust on the internet, just Google um, uh, singular point Godzilla head and you probably can find it. And the design of singular point, if this is correct, um, will look very, very similar to GMK. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's got the snaggle tooth kind of, you know, thing going on. And yeah, I can see that it's got like the fangs um, Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, We got to talk about my boy. Like, that's what Nathan likes. To, Nathan always says, yeah, boy, um, whenever he's talking about uh, to me. So we got to talk about my boy, um, Baragon. What do you think of the design? I think it, I think it works for this film. In fact, I'm, I'm really happy that they gave Baragon such a good look in this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's cute. Uh, he she uh, is cutesy, uh, but she but it's fearsome as well. Um, I mean, it works for this movie. I'm really happy that they redesigned Baragon for this to fit the, to fit the tone and the updated, uh, look of Kaneko's with that coincided with Kaneko's vision. And I'm, I'm really happy with it. Yeah. This is my favorite Baragon design. This is, this is Mm -hmm. my favorite. I, whenever I think of Baragon, whenever I talk about hashtag justice for Baragon, this is the Baragon that I'm thinking of. Uh, And this movie inspired me to do the hashtag justice for Baragon because a, he's not listed in the title. You couldn't fit one more word in this long title. Like you've this, this title goes on for like a week and you couldn't fit just one more monster in there. Um, but also he really gets d- destroyed in this movie so brutally. And it's just like, oh man, no respect, no respect for, for, uh, <laughs> for Baragon. I'm, I'm going to say that Baragon had it coming. Just dead silence. Yep. Dead silence. <laughs> Just dead, just dead silence as Travis, as Travis mulls over what I just said. And he decides, and he decides to turn, he decides to turn the other cheek. Hopefully. Mm, Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, You know who, you know who, who did deserve what they got in this movie? Let's, let's move Uh, into some negatives. All the humans in this. Now, well, I do have some pauses about about some of the human characters, the main characters, but we'll we'll do that as our like finishing yeah. off the positivity sandwich. But some of these human characters, a, were very very cruel and deserved to be killed and destroyed by these monsters, or or some of them were really cruel and some of them were just dumb. Now. Mm-hmm. 
Kaneko seems to be saying in this movie that the youth of Japan are the real problem. <laughs> and I mean, um, go ahead. And the way to solve the problem of the youth and, and there is, is to unleash giant monsters on them to destroy them. Um, because that happens a lot in this movie. There's the, there is the, the, the motorcycle gang. There's the ones on the lake shore there with the dog, which I had forgot about until, and I, and you even messaged me the other day about the dog. And I was like, yeah, I don't really remember the scene with the dog. And then I'm watching him like, Oh yes, I remember it now. It's just like, there is they, those people did have it coming. There is those people had it coming. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, cause as an animal lover, as an animal lover, like I cringe every time I watch that scene, I cringe yeah. because, and I don't know if it's a cultural thing. It may be a cultural thing, but I, I, or the kids just may be a-holes. I don't know. I think they're just a-holes. Yeah, honestly. no, no, that's definitely what it is. Why would you put a, yeah, why would you put a dog, a dog that just does nothing to you, just it just wants attention. Why would you put a poor puppy like that in a box to drown it? You deserve to be sucked underwater by a giant kaiju at this point. And I will say that if you are cruel to animals, screw you, man. Yeah. Screw you. Yeah, no, and, and the worst part about that scene is you don't see the dog escape. So you don't know if the dog Well, survived. no, no, no. To, no, the... the the dog lived, the dog lived because if you, if you go and like, I think it's maybe a minute or two later, they're doing a, they're doing a news report and it shows the dog in the box being petted by EMS. Oh, workers. okay. I must've, I must've glanced So the dog that. lived. Okay. Yeah. Boomer lived. Everybody. Boomer lived. Um, that's a reference to <laughs> a internet thing that most people probably don't even know. Um, <laughs> you made me, you almost made me choke on my water. <laughs> <laughs> um uh but no i okay i i totally get what you're saying i i totally get what you're saying what kaneko is trying to say is the the youth of the japan are, are the problem but i don't necessarily think it's he's saying that the youth of japan are the problem per se it's just that it, the overall the overall message is people have just forgotten the history people have forgotten um, what led us to this point? Like this, like people acting like this is the reason why you got Godzilla or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's just what Kaneko was trying to say. I don't think it was necessarily commentary specifically on the youth of Japan. Although a lot of the bad crap that happens in this movie does happen to the youth of Japan, but that's a side exactly. point. <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's in, in the bad people, the ones who are doing like terrible things that and end up getting destroyed or killed by the monsters end up being young people, the youth mostly. And so, yeah, uh, now I do want to say, I do know that there was a time and I don't know if it's still going because I'm not an expert on Japanese culture. So, but I do know mm -hmm. just from what I've read that there was a time within our lifetime, probably still going on where Japan felt like it was going through a cultural crisis where the young people were not, mm. um, um, were not being respectful to their history, their culture, their past and their elders. And I think that, and, and, and that, uh, that mentality of 
of this cultural crisis of the youth forgetting mm-hmm. their their own culture and forgetting their own history is is what's being developed in this movie. But I think there is I think I think the themes in this movie can apply even today where you know we here in the west especially we are also in this big cultural shift. Um and I think that common I think the commentary in this movie also applies now as it maybe did back then and i think you're on to something uh i'm i'm not a cultural expert on on japanese culture either but i mean it would sort of make sense if kaneko was making a commentary on what was going if he was making this movie with what was going on in the culture at the time in mind it would make sense uh right that he would put some of these themes in in the film yeah but now here's my here's here's the flip side of that and this is why it's kind of in this mm-hmm. whole discussion is kind of in my dislikes section does it do a good job of developing that theme that's that is the thing like we know that's the thing obviously that is the theme that kaneko is trying to develop here now uh how how that how that theme is influenced by the actual real world things going on. That's, you know, up to people who are better judges of Japanese culture to decide, but Mm -hmm. is it well done in this movie? I don't think so. I think the idea of Godzilla um, being kind of the representation of everyone who died during the wars and the fact that, people have moved on and not and like they're forgetting the things that led to those wars and like you said led to godzilla mm-hmm. um i think that's an interesting idea and i think that he did a decent enough job when it comes to how he handled godzilla but everything else that developed that theme in this movie the the way the characters speak you know there there's there's speeches and and dialogue that's very clunky when it comes to this stuff it doesn't sound right even even like i watched the subtitled version so even just reading the subtitles the the dialogue was just didn't didn't come off right and uh like we said the there's so much of these young characters these the youth are being punished for things and are shown in such a horrible light and and even to me it almost becomes a parody because we were talking mm-hmm. about the the comedy this this if you're developing this theme it's not a, a a funny theme it's not a comedy theme and it's definitely not meant to play as a comedy in a lot of the in in a, in a lot of the movie but some of the moments in this are so absurd that you can't help but laugh at it and it's you know right. like the the um the people who are so absorbed in taking photos of Baragon that they don't realize Godzilla has snuck up behind them and and they get destroyed or the helicopter that is But you know you know that's exactly how it would play out today though. Uh, you know exactly that's Yeah, I mean there's always going to be know, idiots like that. To a point to a point, yeah. There, to a point, you know what's going to happen. A giant monster comes ashore. If okay, if this was reality, a giant monster comes ashore. You know, there's going to be tens. There's going to be tens of people taking a selfie with it before they run, mm-hmm. which seems silly. Like you, you immediately run, not worry about the selfie. But I think you're onto something. I think it is. <clears throat> I think this movie is sort of just a commentary on, on just the culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. 
uh, sort of, because this is what, 2001. So yeah, we have, we don't have smartphones yet, but close enough, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just everything is just so, uh, monet- everything is just so commercialized and so self-absorbed. I think that is something that Kaneko is trying to point out here. Yeah. And, and, and more of like just the, 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 the way the pe- people's attitudes in this were pushed to a cartoony mm. level and because they were pushed to a cartoony level, I think it undermined the theme that he was trying to develop. I think if he was more realistic right. in some of the some of the way that people reacted to the the you know kaiju, there's there's a woman in this where people are like Godzilla's here, we need to run. She's like Godzilla's here, who cares? Like what? Like lady, like I, whether or not you are interested in 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 godzilla or 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 like are are scared of godzilla you still would move you would still leave (laughs) um so i don't know right i don't know to me it just to me there is a great theme here but to me it just got pushed so extreme in certain parts of the film that it undermined the rest of the film which didn't push it to that extreme and that's that's kind of what just that's my big problem with the movie I think that's the point though. I think it is. I think the, the parts that are absurd are absurd for a reason. Um, because you know, the reality of the culture is at times very absurd, Mm -hmm. like to the point where it's mind boggling, it's mind boggling how absurd people can be. And I think that's the point, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's why I said, I, I know it's a controversial thing because it. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people who may have a different opinion of it, uh, and even like us mm-hmm. having a, a different opinions of it. But that is just something that I really struggled with when watching this movie. Uh, was just like sure. it, it just felt like there was a there's a theme here that was being undermined by how far it was being pushed in some areas, but not. But then now it was it's like you're meant to it's you're meant to laugh at how ridiculous this is but then you're also meant to take it seriously and not laugh at it and be uh stoic about it it's like you can't have both do one or the other if he had stuck to like just making this a whole big parody of you know the way people react to the you know to disasters and things i mean then that's fine but he was like kind of doing going back and forth on it and that's i think what was what was throwing me off um one of my other negatives and this is going to be another uh, probably controversial thing with some fans because this character uh the main character yuri is usually listed mm-hmm. in most people's like favorite characters <clears throat> from godzilla films and I do not uh, like her. <laughs> I do not like really? I do not like her character. Really? I do not like her character. I think her character Why? I think her character is I I I the decisions that she makes I'm genuinely I I'm genuinely interested here because honestly she I feel like she's a very good female I especially she's a good female character but she's just a good character in general and as someone who appreciates a good female character Travis I'm surprised you don't like her Yeah I I really don't I really don't like this character I don't I the decisions that she makes don't feel genuine and they don't feel like they fit 
in with like what's happening. Like, like I, I, the you're meant to you're meant to take it as if she's trying to get this footage and trying to get information on Godzilla to help people because but at the same time it feels mm. more of self-serving she feels very self very selfish and self-serving when it comes to putting herself in danger putting herself out there and and, and risking her life and risking other people's lives trying to get this footage of Godzilla and trying to get this footage of these monsters and stuff. And, and I don't like that. I think that, and I don't mind a selfish character being in a movie, but this character is, you're meant to feel like she's being noble in decisions that she's making, but then, but they're not noble decisions, or at least they're not played that way in the movie. Well, okay. So, do you think that she? Do you think her motivations are worse? In do you think that the, the character's motivations are worse in this movie, or even because I would argue that 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 I could say the same thing about the um, and her name escapes me, so forgive me. Uh, the female lead in uh, Godzilla two thousand. I would say that that character is more selfish than even this character. Well, no, but see, there's an there is an arc to that character, and I can't remember her name either. But I, I, there is an arc to her. She starts off very selfish and then she kind of comes around to it more. But also she, she is one that you're not meant to, she's not played as being a noble character. She's not, she's not, you know, like mm-hmm. played to be, oh, look how great she is for doing these things. It's like, no, she's obviously being selfish. She's doing her job, which is not necessarily selfish. She's just doing her job. Um, and then just gets caught up in this mess of what's happening in Godzilla 2000. Uh, the, the the closest character, which is, it's really interesting. The closest character I would compare Yuri to is uh, Goro Maki or Maki from Godzilla 84. Uh, because here's a, here again, okay. he is a, a journalist who is trying to get to the truth about Godzilla, trying to expose it. And he's trying to expose it for, a for selfish reasons because he wants the story and B he also feels like people should know the truth. And I think his um, motivations are clear in it, in, in that movie. And you see his growth. You do see some growth. His growth isn't, he's not the best character in the world by the end of the movie, but, but I, at least you do see some growth. Of his character, whereas with with Yuri in this movie, there's no growth, there's no arc. It is just her doing uh, these things. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I do see some growth in her. I mean, especially in that speech she gives, right? Like when she's when she's been put on the air, mm-hmm. and sort of like I I don't know how to, I know I don't know how best to describe it as just sort of a call to arms kind of speech when she is trying to get the word out that yes, these giant monsters are here and there is a resistance against them. I think that is part of her character growth there. Cause she may have started out selfish, just sort of selfish ambition, like with her uh, fake news stories and everything else. But at the end there, she really does have a decent arc. So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you slightly there. Yeah. And selfish makes it sound like I'm, I'm being like, I'm writing her off as a terrible person. Like, I don't think she's a terrible person. She's doing her job. Like that's her job. So I, I, I totally right. get like why she would do this. But to me, it just felt like there wasn't the motivation wasn't noble. Like they were playing it out in the movie. Um, 
if they played it mm-hmm. more as like, no, she's doing her job and she's just out here doing this stuff. But yeah, I can see where people get it. Um, I do. The one thing I do like is that she is she is dissatisfied with the type of stuff that she is making, uh, the type of, you know, content that she's doing and she wants to do more real world things. And so, uh, yeah, I guess that is kind of growth because she starts off, she's making this, you know, fake content and everything. But, um, but then, you know, by the end, she's actually, telling a real genuine story about these real monsters and, and, and everything. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I still just, I, I might have to rewatch it and come back to it and share my opinions again, but just as it stands, Yuri is not one of my favorite characters. And I know that a lot of people do put her up there as high on their list of not just female characters, but characters from any uh, Godzilla movie. And it's just, she's not up there with me. But I do like the relationship between her and her father. I think her father is a really mm-hmm. good character. Right. I think he's he plays a really good uh, role as this the military man, but he doesn't fall into the traps of or the trope of being the father overbearing father who treats his grown daughter as a child. Like he treats her like an adult. Like she comes home she drunk yeah. and he doesn't say anything because he's like, well, you're an adult, whatever. You know, like this is just, you know, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. You're an adult. And he talks to her mm. like an adult and and treats her with respect. And I think that's great for a character who is not only a father, but also a military man, um, because you don't get that mm. a lot of times. You don't get the these military uh, parents treating their kids with respect and treating them like adults in movies. Yeah, they could have easily they could have easily written him in a very tropish way, um, just like every other military father or mil- just whatever military leader. But I'm really glad how they. I, I am. I agree with you. I'm. I'm glad that they wrote their relationship in such a way where they treated each other, maybe not necessarily as equals, but at least as respectful respectful adults right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like they both understood where they stood as far as their jobs were concerned they both you know had respect for each other it's just yeah it was it was a great relationship that i think um is is a standout a standout in a lot of movies because a lot of times they don't do that kind of stuff in in movies um is there any other positives that you want to end on before we get into our godzuki scores Mm, well, I mean, the, all the monster fights, I mean, I, I know that monster fights are a huge part of the kaiju fandom and it's really one of the reasons, it's one of the main reasons why we watch these movies, but, um, the monster fights in this one, I think were well choreographed. Um, I, I like how they made us wait a little bit longer for Godzilla's atomic breath reveal, because when it, when he finally uses it and we see it, it's, it's very impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, when he breathes in, like you, all the trees and the wind start moving mm-hmm. and everything and it. You can feel the weight of it. Um, I mean, it's just an overall, it's just an overall good movie. I mean, it, it's, it's like I said, it's top 10 for me, the, you know, between the Godzilla designs, the, the fairly, the, the well-written, the well-written characters and the thoughtful story. And the, obviously the callbacks to um, 
the callbacks to 1954. I mean, they're like, yeah, it's all it's all good stuff to me. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It is it is a good movie, um, and I don't want anybody to take what I'm all my negatives as saying as me saying this is a bad movie. There's some things I I didn't connect with mm-hmm. on a personal level. Um, right. And I may have to rewatch it again. I mean, I, I've seen this movie a few times now. You know, I, I, I own this movie. I, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. But I, I there was a gap. I had not seen it for a while and then watched it for this podcast. So maybe I need to watch it a few more times back to back so that I can really kind yeah. of solidify my opinions and get really a full mm. uh where I can fully understand how I feel. Cause I, right now I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating how I feel about some of these things because a lot of it is just feelings and not like actual things I can put down and say, Oh no, this is specifically this, this and this. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah, I don't even know if that made any sense. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I'm sure it'll make sense to the listener. Okay. So it's fine. Okay. Well, let's get into our final thoughts and our Godzuki score. So we like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis. If anybody is new to the podcast, uh, because we like to uh, embrace the silly side of giant monster movies and pay homage to the great Godzuki, Godzilla's nephew from the Hanna-Barbera series of the, of the 1970s. Uh, and we, we do that by using him as our yardstick for measuring these movies. So, Michael, out of five Godzukis, how many Godzukis would you give Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, hashtag Justice for Baragon? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid. I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid four. Like, well, not a solid, but I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I mean, it's, it's a good, it's a good movie. And I did, uh, I think I watched this movie a few months, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, uh, maybe in October or something. And I'm just going to read off what I tweeted about it, honestly, because it, my thoughts haven't changed much. Um, and I wrote, I don't know what else to say about GMK other than it's a unique entry into the franchise. Kaneko's vision coupled with a solid cast and compelling visuals make GMK a film worthy of being a fan favorite. Is the is uh, this is the only G film I can recall where Godzilla is not just an animalistic force of nature, but a truly malevolent force, hell bent on destruction. The note the the notion of the sins of our past is not a new concept used in film, and it's nothing new in the G franchise, but it's a concept used very well and effectively in GMK. I cared about the characters in this one, which is not something I can say for all films in the genre. I'm happy I gave this a rewatch. Definitely one of my favorites and watching um, all, and watching it almost back to back with the original Gojira made the experience even better in my opinion, because I was able to uh, pick up on a lot of those little subtle and not so subtle callbacks to the original 54. So this is definitely a watch. If you're in the Godzilla fandom, if you're a, if you're a casual fan or if you're a hardcore fan, you just need to watch this movie. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five, uh, Godzuki's. I thought about giving it a three and a half, but then I was like, no, I'm going to give it, I'm going to bump it up to four. And most of that is because of the technical things of what Kaneko was able to do as far as the cinematography, Mm -hmm. the way the monsters looked, the way they um, were portrayed, I think 
was really well done. Um, I think all of the acting is great. And we didn't even mention that um, this was the final film that uh, Hideo Amamoto uh, was in, who was a longtime Toho actor uh, who had been in uh, had been in King Kong um, Escapes as Doctor Who. And yep. had been in yep. um, Oh, yeah, Atragon. that's right. He, I think he died shortly after this one, didn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, he did. And he played the old man in this. And so, uh, yeah, he was, uh, this was his final movie that he was in. And it was, uh, and he did good. He did really good in it. Um, so I think the acting in it's good. I Even if I'm not 100% on board with all the characters, the acting was still good. Uh, the monster designs were good. The the portrayal of the monsters were good. And the, the filmmaking in general was good. Um, I do have a few issues with it, but those issues do not detract completely from the film. I still had fun with it. And I think that anybody who has not seen it will have fun with it. Um, it is, it's not, it's not a slow movie. It gets right to the point very quickly and it builds and builds and builds until the grand finale and it's and it's a good finale um so yeah i think it's a very i want to ask you really quickly i want to ask you really quickly because i don't think we touched on it and we can just kind of we can just kind of gloss over this uh what did you think about the score um i like i like the music i think that okay the the main theme the main score uh, of this movie was overused because it seemed like every time I turned around, they were playing the same music <laughs> over and over again. Well, it's one long, it, it's just one long track because if you find the, if you find the soundtrack of this movie, Godzilla's Mothra's Baragon's and King Ghidorah's themes all run together perfectly as just one long track. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so it's, I think you're right. Cause all this, this, this entire movie had a very, um, um, I don't had a had sort of a 90s sci-fi vibe to it because of just the music sounded that mm-hmm. just the music. I don't, yeah. I didn't care for the score. Honestly, I wish that they would have maybe injected a little bit more of Akira Ifukabe into it instead of just leaving it towards the end. But I know that that is definitely a conscious choice. Right. Um, by Kaneko to do that, but still, I wish there was something in there other than just this one note uh, soundtrack that we got. So I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I still think it was good. It was it was good. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, the next segment of the podcast. You know what the next segment is? It's the mailbag. What's in the mail today? And if you want to send us a letter into our mailbag, please do, because we love hearing your feedback. You can do that either through Twitter at Kaiju Weekly or uh, by emailing us kaijuweekly at gmail.com. Like my best friend in the whole wide world, Kershaw, did. Uh, He sent us an email uh, a while back, but I was gone for a few weeks and then we had technical issues last week so we weren't able to read it so we're finally getting around to your email kershaw sorry it has taken so long um but uh he is uh sending us an email that are his thoughts on the idea of a power rangers cinematic universe now this came from our discussion 
of um that i forget his name in twistle uh something in whistle i i forget what his name is anyway but the yeah sub, I, I i'm so sorry I, I forget his name as well yeah the director who um is uh who has done uh into the effing world and i'm not okay with this and he is, oh yeah he is now yeah, yeah. uh in charge of um all of the power rangers stuff moving forward basically taking on like a kevin feige kind of role in the idea of Hasbro building out this connected universe between TV shows and movies um, with Power Rangers. So uh, this is what Kershaw said. Kershaw says, am I excited about this? Definitely. Am I worried about this? Definitely. And then he says, I'm currently on the last episode of Time Force as I'm typing this. Everyone wants an MCU-like deal, a Marvel Cinematic Universe type deal. That's a big and ever-growing fan base and big profits all around. DC is still working hard with this and seemingly struggle with it. They're still working the kinks out. Um, yeah, with their connected universe, they they're uh, DC is definitely uh, behind. Let's just say they're behind. Uh, Universal's Dark Universe kind of died before their first movie even released. Uh, they've tried it a few times and it keeps dying before they're able to uh, start their whole cinematic universe. Uh, Kershaw continues, as you guys mentioned, MCU had a single vision that was led by one guy. He had a support system and was open to changes, sure, but still one guy. Power Rangers will have that? Awesome. Uh, another thing MCU had that these other universes tend to try to rush by is time. Marvel had so much time to work and mold this universe into what they wanted and what the fans were looking for, for the most part. I mean, more than a decade. Wow, Power Rangers needs time too. They shouldn't rush it, but at the same time, they shouldn't take too long to execute on their plans. Don't push all your chips in if you don't need to. Although, I do like the idea of splitting it up into movies and TV shows. Broaden out to potential and current fans on their preferred form of entertainment. The fans are there. There are cons dedicated to Power Rangers. Work with them. Help th them help you to an extent how do we get more eyes on it y'all mentioned uh potentially getting a known name to star in it at this point a big hollywood name isn't needed instead you can get a well-known actor who probably has done a lot of things for netflix hulu or other services millie bobby brown got pretty big that way so fans of this will well-known actor or actress will probably want to check it out to see what they're doing uh boom extra eyes and potential new fans this is exciting news to me and i can't wait or probably i can i'm still waiting for godzilla versus kong so it's like yeah ouch 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 um and so then he's like uh he said that's all you don't have to read this on the pod which we did um but he wanted to share uh his rant about his opinions on this idea of a power rangers connected universe cinematic universe and to get our opinions uh he says he may be talking out the side of his head and have no idea what i'm talking about um no kershaw i think you're, i think you're absolutely right i think you're 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 kind of voicing the same feelings that i had which is yes i'm excited for the idea of a connected power rangers universe this idea of turning the power rangers franchise into like a marvel you know cinematic thing yeah but at the same time we've seen other companies try that and fail and so i'm kind of nervous about them doing it and also the idea of possibly 
you know, them moving away from Super Sentai and doing completely original stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it's completely uncharted territory as far as Power Rangers are concerned. And so because of that, it's it's make it's nerve wracking for fans, but it's also exciting mm-hmm. if it does well. So I totally get where you're coming from, Kershaw. Um, you have any thoughts? Yeah, it's ah, uh, it's it, that's a lot to that's a lot to process. So first of all, thank you, Kershaw, for sending us that note. Um, I'm nervous and excited about the potential of a cinematic universe for Power Rangers as well. Uh, I'm currently, I think, when Kershaw wrote this, he just finished Time Force. I just started Time Force today, so this is this. Good, good job for, for reading this one today, Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do a cinematic universe because when D cause DC's tried it and DC has well-established characters and franchises. And I, I'm just, I'm just terrified that it's going to flop. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, it does help that there's one person going to be at the helm of this though. Like that is, I think that's one big advantage that the MCU had, right. Um, or has, um, is having one person at the helm, one visionary to help drive the story and drive these and help world build. Mm-hmm. And I think that will help a lot. Now, Breaking it up between movie, I don't think they should go solely in all in on movies. I don't think, and I don't think they should go solely in on all TV. I think it's a good thing to break it up mm-hmm. and try to reach a and try to cast a wide net instead of focusing in on uh, focusing all of your chips in on on one particular thing because you just don't know with Power Rangers what's going to stick. Honestly, right? Uh, of course, people probably said that about the MCU. People didn't think that superhero movies were going to blow up in the way they did, right? Um, but there, there, there is potential there because there is such a rich history with power Rangers. I'm currently on my journey as well. I just, I've watched all I've watched through eight seasons so far, almost, almost 400 episodes of power Rangers at the time of this recording, which sounds crazy to anyone who's, who's just sort of a, a casual person, but it's good. I hopefully it's going to be because I, I said to myself, I'm going to watch every single episode that I could all the way through uh, hopefully to get them finished by February before the new season starts. So I'll be all caught up. And there is such a rich history with, with power Rangers and I want them to do it right. And I, and I, I noticed a little note here that Kershaw said, uh, about bringing, if they brought back Lord Zed, bring him back as a, a, a definite bad guy mm-hmm. because the one, and I agree with Kershaw here, one of the biggest mistakes I think that they made was turning him into a goofy, doddering old husband character to Rita in, in season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three season three, uh, and on, right. I just did not like the, what they did with that character. It needed like Lord Zed is not a, his look alone does not fit that comedic role. It just doesn't. It worked to some degree, but based on his appearance alone, it just doesn't work. I, and I get why they did it because they had to make it less scary for the kids because moms complained, but honestly it just didn't work after a while. And it just, it honestly did a disservice to the character. I'm just going to say that now it just did a disservice to the character to do that. Um, so if they did it, and I think we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know, if they did bring back a cinematic universe, could they, could they make it more edgy, but in a, but, but in a, 
but not in a like a rated R, rated MA kind of way, but make it edgy enough to attract those uh, tweens and people uh, that are much younger than us, but also give us enough callbacks to the old stuff to to make longtime veteran fans appreciate the franchise again. And I think that that's going to be the big, that's going to be the big what if, right? right. That's going to be the big the thing that they're going to have to do. And that's one of the things that I have a real problem with, with the, with the 2017 movie is because to me, they focus too much on the, on the teen drama and not enough on the, the lore. Yeah. That's the big problem that I had with 2017. They, they, I, I get what they were trying to do. I see the vision, but I just don't think that 2017 was executed well. And I'm sure people are going to argue with me about it, but I just don't think that it was executed. There well. were a lot of they things. They focused too much in on. The- well, there were a lot of things I like about the 2017 movie. I, I, I will say that there's a lot of things I think they did decent um, with, but the I, the main problem I think is like you said they didn't know what to focus on they didn't know where uh, and basically I think they were trying mm. to have their cake and eat it too they end up yeah. a, and in the process they made it to where um, it didn't appeal to anybody it didn't appeal to younger people and it didn't appeal to longtime fans so it's like you have to find that good balance that you know appeals to longtime yeah. fans but also can draw in new people um, and yeah, I, I, I'm with you and I'm with Kershaw that it's scary, like we said, because it's uncharted territory when it comes to Power Rangers and when it comes to cinematic universes, there's been one that has succeeded and that's it. Um, but the idea that Hasbro has taken a one person and has put them in charge of it and said, you're the one guiding it and you're the one who's directing you know, and, and kind of uh, leading the troops. Um, is a step forward in the right direction. And it shows that they at least know mm. that that is something that is, that is a lesson that other cinematic universes have had to learn the hard way. And Hasbro is like, no, we're going to do yeah. that from the beginning. <laughs> and that's good. And that's good. And I think that, no, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad they're doing, I'm glad there's potential there because I have noticed so much in the last say year it seems like uh, Power Rangers is getting sort of this, I wouldn't say it a, re- a renaissance or a, like a major resurgence, but at least on the on the toy side it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like it is gaining some steam. So I'm hoping that they can do something with it. And because, you know, the people that are going to go to these movies are also are the veteran fans and the veteran fans are going to take their kids and they're going to, and they're going to want to share this with their kids. So it has to appeal not only to the mom and dad who grew up with this stuff, but it's also got to appeal to their 12 and 13 year old father or daughter, sorry, 12 and 13 year old son or daughter um, that they want desperately to share these moments with them. And, And it's a really, it's a really tricky thing. I think, I think it's going to be difficult, but we'll see. It's, it's sort of a wait and see kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, Kershaw, hopefully we did a decent job um, answering. Well, I mean, he didn't really ask a question necessarily. He just wanted to kind of express his feelings. And uh, yeah, I, I think we're all on the same page with you. But um, yeah, if anybody else wants to send us an email or a letter about something that's happening in the world of Kaiju, something that's happened on the podcast, you can do that. Uh, kaijuweekly uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to get more letters in our 
uh, mailbag because our mailbag is uh, kind of dwindling down. So um, let's go ahead and, and close out this episode because I have a cat who is insisting on being right in the way and she will not leave me alone. So um, <clears throat> so I'm going to ask the trivia question for next week, which I did not write down. And that was my bad. Um, so I'm going to wing it. Let's wing it. We're going to do it live. Um, <laughs> here we go. Okay. Here we go. Samuel L. Jackson's line from Kong Skull Island, hold on to your butts, was a reference <laughs> to his to a line and a role that he played in what 1993 film. And that's because we're moving into December. We've got a new theme for the first couple of weeks of December uh which is dinosaurs so that kind of gives it away there but uh yeah it's dino december uh <laughs> so uh yeah if you and that's going to be a fun one um if if our guest is still able to make it i'm really looking forward to talking with him uh for sure uh, about this movie i'm super excited super super excited um so yeah, that, that kind of, that, this puts a, this closes the book on Godzilla month, um, this, this, this year, mm -hmm. cause I'm sure we'll do Godzilla month next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, because obviously, um, and I want to thank just basically everyone who participated in the polls because I, we didn't get a, we didn't get to mention it a whole lot, um, uh, this month, but the reason we picked the movies we did is because people, our listeners, participated in those polls and then participated in those conversations to tell us what movies they wanted us to watch and review. And so we appreciate everyone who took the time to, to participate in those conversations because I think the, the last, I think this Godzilla month was a success. Oh yeah. Don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, for the two weeks that I was a uh, part of it because <laughs> I was out for, for a couple <laughs> of weeks, but, uh, right. but no, I, I do, right. I do think it was successful. I think we did a good job and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more about Godzilla. This, we're not going to only talk about Godzilla in November. We're definitely going to cover Godzilla movies throughout the year but we like to dedicate the entire month of november mm -hmm. to godzilla because of course um so yeah we just it gives us an opportunity to talk about the films that we missed during the year right and so uh to close out this episode i just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends if you want to follow us on twitter we are at kaiju weekly and at kaiju groupie pod uh all the links to our social media as well as for the kaiju groupie facebook group uh, are listed in the description of this episode you can send questions comments or answers to our trivia questions to our email kaijuweekly at gmail.com a big thank you to alex and shijir for supporting us on patreon you can also support the podcast at patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod you can also go to kaiju ramen magazine.com and check out the the website that we have set up for the magazine that we are putting together and there is a link there where you can go to the kickstarter to support the kickstarter for that magazine because we are trying to launch this quarterly magazine uh that is all giant monster based it is all going to be about giant monsters and the people who love them uh and so that's yep that's it um you can also leave us a five-star rating on the uh, podcast app that you're listening to because then we'll read it out on the episodes all right i think that about covers it <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, so to uh, to close out this episode, the only thing I got to say is help control the giant monster population. Have your Baragons spayed or neutered. Hashtag justice for Baragon forever. Hashtag Baragon had it coming. No. No. <laughs>